bad. I just wanna fuss it with my baby, yeah. So I don't wake up wonder where my baby at. I wanna if we make it back. I wanna can I pay it back? Way before Jamie got his jingles right I was sleeping with you every single night But I was still trying to act single right 65th and Ingleside I was stacking chips like bingo night I ain't have to pay for a single light So I'ma make sure everything go right Hello everybody and welcome to the two red gringos i'm your host phil Baki, and as always i'm joined by pat staley this time from chicago pat how you doing doing pretty well how's everything with you oh it's it's great uh we've got got a big match coming up this weekend and and with the occasion with you being out in chicago as well there was no other guests that we could have on the pod other than the one the only dan staley your brother Dan, nice to have you back. Pleasure to be on. Thanks for having me. I mean, the pleasure's all ours, uh, as you know. So, well, take um, care away. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all right, we always we always kick things off uh, with pick your poison. You guys are are well aware of that. So, without further ado, let's uh, let's have our guest um, introduce his poison first and foremost, and then we'll. We'll move on to the regular. So, so Dan, what are you what are you rocking today? I thought I'd uh, pull a bit of a baki here and go with the the hops. Uh, I'm drinking a Revolution Citra Hero. It's an IPA. That's what I like to hear. Revolution. They got a whole like hero series, don't they? Like all kinds oh, of different. It's the ones. League of It's the League of Heroes. The League of Heroes. <laughs> so we got a we got a mixer. There's four different ones. Fantastic. That's great to hear that uh, that I'm getting support because I don't know if you know, Dan, but there's people out in these streets who who will call me an IPA bro. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I'm kind of one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm leaning into it. I, I've, I've got no shame in my game when it comes to IPAs. So uh, There was we, – where were we last night? Where there was some type of beer, was it local option? Yeah. And there was a like bourbon barrel aged sour beer. Oh my god! It 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 gave me nightmares. <laughs> so you didn't try it? They also, they no, also I didn't try it. They also made fun of him. Oh, years he, ago, he wore, he wore a uh, scarf in there today or yesterday. I mean, are we judging people for wearing scarves now? It was a Liverpool scarf. Okay, it was a it was owned, a owned by one way burger, aka at a cheeseburger. R.I.P. No longer Twitter. <laughs> a cheeseburger went went the uh, the way of Corner Tavern. R.I.P. R.I.P. Corner Tavern. Um, but no local option. They did actually make fun of me years ago when I went in there, and what? what I tried to order a Three Floyds, <laughs> and I couldn't remember the name of the beer, so I said Bubblegum. and the bartenders just literally laughed at my face. Wow. Deserved. I mean, they were like the original IPA-hating hipsters. They probably hated IPAs back then, before it was cool. <laughs> they hated IPAs before people knew what IPAs were. 
<laughs> Pat's just bitter. That I mean, probably. So, um, I mean, did you did you venture out at all uh, at local option, or did you did you stick to something? You get a quack, or what's the deal? No, you know, you know, I'm a <laughs> Teddy kind of guy. Pilsners. <laughs> he just he just had Pilsners. That's it. Just Pilsners all night. I did. I think I had like four. And then we went. Where do we go? Delilah's. Oh yeah. And I ordered Allagash White, my usual go-to. I, I swear they watered it down. With something oh no, else. that was Sheffield's. Like, oh, was it Sheffield's? Yeah, Delilah's. We're Delilah. drinking PBR and uh, shots of Weller's bourbon. Nice. Which were three bucks a piece, which was kind of a mistake. But <laughs> how? I, I mean, how'd that sit this morning? I uh, did not make it into work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> supposed to be at work at seven forty-five, and I woke up at yeah, seven thirty. Mm. So just enough time. Just enough time. <laughs> so, uh, so Pat, with all with all that being said, what are you? Uh, what do you have on pod tonight? I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you guess the first one. Well. You said it, so uh, it wouldn't be a guess. Um, what did but, I say? But I'm gonna go on out on a, out on a real thin limb here and say it's three one two. Yeah, it's a three one two. <laughs> Fine, New York brew. What are you talking about? It, it's does what's, what's area code right here. Goose Island three one two. Brewed in three twelve. Three twelve, I think is three twelve. As I say in El Paso. <laughs> yeah, Chicago, Illinois. Where does it say brewed? He's looking. <laughs> He's looking. Let me see it. I'll let, I'll let Dan say But here's, here's the one I got for you, Phil, and you let me know if it's too soon or not. All right. After the 312's polished off, I have the one, the only, Shiner Day Cheer. It is. It's too soon. It's, <laughs> it's too soon. I saw it in Whole Foods yesterday, and, and I was upset. I, but it's I, November. It's you no, can drink exactly. holiday cheer in November. Yeah, but what holiday are we celebrating? The holiday. You haven't even gotten over a Halloween hangover, and you're already you're <laughs> already got China cheer. That's that's no, it's, uh, it's not acceptable. No, it's it's like you don't sell, start celebrating Christmas until the day after Thanksgiving. Right, holiday cheer day after Halloween. You can you can drink you know Shiner cheer because it's. Start of the holiday season. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know about that one. That. To me, is, it's a Christmas beer. So is it still pumpkin? Yeah, it's kind of Christmas pumpkin beer, beer like, season. Yeah, a hundred percent. This is prime. This is prime pumpkin time. Uh, I think we've talked about the appropriate time to crack open a pumpkin ale. When? When is it acceptable to crack open a Shiner Cheer? Black Friday. I mean, I could, I could get on board that, but we're not. You can't have one on on Thanksgiving. I mean, maybe. Or is that I, just like a crossover? No, maybe. I my my thought is that if if ABC Family isn't showing Christmas movies, then it's not okay to drink a Shiner Cheer. I, I figure ABC Family is probably already showing Christmas movies. I don't know. Hocus Pocus was on a couple nights ago. Oh, also, 
at local <laughs> option last night. Hocus Pocus comes on. Oh, nice. Allie, Allie loves that movie. Right. So I was like, hey, leave it on Hocus Pocus for a minute so I can take a picture. Just turns around, looks at me, goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just. Damn. They so would have left it on this. if you hadn't you, said anything. You could you could tell this guy was a uh, he, he's playing Pat because uh, when I, I came in there first, I was by myself um, talking to me normally. But when he like greeted Pat, he's like, "Hey man, what's up, bro?" He, he, he spotted. <laughs> there were a lot of there are a lot of yuppies in that bar. You were one of them. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're the king yuppie. Oh, I got vest I got vest on right now. Actually, <laughs> hey bro, can I get you another pills? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think he, he did say that a couple times. He's, he's like, man, I'm, I'm 40. My girlfriend's 22. I guess he had to. Yeah, he was. That. I think he was the yuppie. I think that's the guy that laughed at me too. Wait, you're saying the bartender was a yuppie? I think so. No, that's just he's, he was he's catering bar- to the yuppies. That's he knows job. his crowd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys, everybody's ganging up on me. What are you drinking? <laughs> uh, well, so I I leaned in. To the to the IPA hate, and I doubled down on it. So I'm I'm rocking tonight a uh, Martin House Brewing Company Dairyland Special Hazy IPA, which is Ooh. delightful. Just finished my first of those, and then I've got a uh, got the big guy here. Oh my god! The MoJ IPA Stone East meets West in a haze of juicy hops. So just Ooh, hazy IPA. Let me IPAs. see that label. It's pretty pretty sweet actually. Stone does it well. Yeah, they do. Moje. I thought it was Mojave at first. Like, Mojave, like, you know, Baez maybe, but no dice yeah, on that one. Yeah. Oh, close, close. So, I think uh, we do need to have at some point a formal discussion and invite some of the lads from LSC Twitter to talk this this hierarchy of... We do. What is it? Broke, woke bespoke in <laughs> terms of bro, bro, the hierarchy bro. of the hierarchy of beer yeah um i think ipa is at the lowest the low lowest uh, part of the totem pole then what does that make me uh, you're just a piece of shit all right so i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get this back on the rails real quick uh we, we spent quite a bit of time uh last night but you guys being in chicago it always it always makes for a, a a fun fun discussion um but liverpool we're mm-hmm. coming off of two back-to-back four goal performances LFC looking back to its best. Dan, do you feel like Liverpool is hitting its stride right now? I think we're still in the process of finding that that kind of that team that really has the motion that we had last year. I think it's it's not quite there. I think uh, I think the lineup we put out for the Red Star game is should be the lineup that. Going forward, especially against teams like Cardiff that sit back and defend, because you you know we struggled with that before. We had Coutinho who could pull you know something out of nothing, um, and I think Fabinho is going to be an important cog going forward. So I think this team's still f- kind of finding themselves, which is crazy to say since undefeated so far. What eight wins, two draws? Yeah. Um, so I think. You know the front three are, are firing a bit, but they're still kind of 
you know, they still haven't found their, their, their front foot yet. So I think there's going to be a lot better days to come. Oh, I, I agree with you. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say, Pat, I'm going to pose this question to you. So we had, we had the four goal, the four goal win, um, against Red Star in the Champions League, and then another another four, four goals scored with a, a cheap one conceded against Cardiff. Yep. Why does the Red Star win feel so, so much better than the Cardiff win, despite despite the kind of a little bit of similarity in the performances? I mean, a clean sheet always helps. But the, the nerviness of when they scored, because I don't know, I don't know if we'll ever shake that or if it's just a normal... A normal feeling that every team has if they're up, whether it's a two-goal lead, three-goal lead, and somebody else gets another goal of momentum. But no, I, I, I don't know. It was obviously somewhere in the middle. It wasn't to the level that what some idiotic were saying of like, oh, it a, you know, it's a tight. <laughs> like Cardiff, Cardiff had a spirited performance or something like that. You know, they got gifted one goal that kind of made up for what was you know an onslaught from our end but but no I think it's just a little kind of kind of changed it but a couple late goals changed the dynamic of uh of maybe how we feel immediately after the match yeah I uh I think what to me what makes them different is just the the idea that against Cardiff this Cardiff team looks truly truly awful <laughs> Um, We've got some bad teams. I like. I don't know how. I like to call him the Hobgoblin, um, Neil Warnock. I don't know how he got this team to the Premier League. Genuinely, Um, (laughs) it's one of those. Defensively, they've been. They've been. That's been their best aspect, especially last season. Right. Yeah. Anything going forward, it's just it's god awful. And that's what it it is. A little bit strange not getting the context because I don't. I don't watch a lot of the Championship. like putting my hands up. So it's easy to see uh, how certain teams, you know, do it. Um, it was easy to see that uh, the the firepower of Fulham, um, which is kind of backfiring, uh, pun intended yeah. now. Um, yeah, their their defense was something <laughs> they didn't didn't approve upon. You're no. kind of seeing that. I don't think Tim Ream's the answer to having a Premier League. <laughs> no. Yeah, he's being found out. In a Premier League stint. Tim Reed is terrible. Being, he's being found out. Um, Listen, he's a ginger uh, Martin Skirtle. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. The worst thing in the world. But if you did you did you all see the pass map for Cardiff City? It was one of those truly atrocious ones where the only kind of strong line that you see is from their goalie to uh, who's who's their forward. Uh, well, they had they had Murphy going down the forward? left. Um, <laughs> probably, probably some goon up top. No, no, no. They have a defender that's their uh, striker right now. Oh, there you go. Is it Patterson? The guy who's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a goon. He, he but anyway, that was that was the only <laughs> the only kind of like consistent pass they had was it reminded me of Everton's performance from last season where it was just like sitting back and praying. I think I called it like just ass up and, and hoping, <laughs> hoping the worst doesn't happen, but it, no, it was miserable as pathetic. And I, I was thinking that do teams set up 
more defensively for us than they do even against City. Like, our teams, like, at their most, like, ultra-defensive state against Liverpool because there's still this notion that we struggle to break them down. I think, I mean, if I, if I really think about it, I, I think Swansea's performance last season, uh, where, who was their manager at the time? Um, or I guess he probably still is in the championship, but their manager had the famous quote uh, after they got, a result against oh, us. Portuguese guy. Yeah, where he said, you know, a, a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or whatever in London traffic uh, yeah. can't perform <laughs> at its at its highest uh, level. Yeah. And I think everyone's kind of approaching it from that from that perspective. But I I don't know if I buy the like they they sat deep argument against this Cardiff team because they they really were bad and they were there for the taking from the very beginning. We knew that we could get at them. And we did, you know, from, yeah. from the start and we, we score from, you know, kind of a barrage on their goal because they were back so far up that we were, we could approach their goal kind of at will. Um, yeah. And the thing that, the thing that truly, and this goes into the rant later, but, um, but all I'll say for now is that it, we slowed down play a lot and it wasn't just the usual suspects doing it it was it was some of our top players doing it where mm-hmm. it almost felt like we had the knife to Cardiff's throat and we were we had mercy for whatever reason we just <laughs> we, we're like yeah go ahead get back you know kind of get back into position they gave the ball away so cheaply so many times where yeah. any other team we would have just put them to the sword immediately like um you know there are so many instances last season where we got down the field quickly and and immediately scored, you know, uh, after a team gave the ball away. And it just felt like yeah. we had them. Like, they were on the chopping block. We were we had the axe over our head. And then we were like, yeah, not today, you know. Uh, <laughs> I think that goes back to the point that, that, you know, the front three is doing well. But they're also not to their peak yet. Mm-hmm. I think that has something to do with the fact that we're, we're lacking that ruthlessness at the moment. And especially, you know, it's hard to... To speed up play when you have Lalana in there, <laughs> and uh, and we'll certainly shot, get to that. Shots already starting. Shots we'll certainly get starting. to that, but uh, I w- I do want to say, and and I maybe left a guy out of this, um, just based on the quality of the goal, but the quality of the finishes on Saturday um, to bring it back to the positive. I mean, there's not there really. The first goal is you know we just we put three Scraps. shots in and eventually Scraps. eventually. Um, put it in but the other three goals I mean have there's there's been a few games where we've scored some some real buttes um but those three those are uh those are a nice bunch of goals right there I know I know if it was if we had like uh scored for like you know 10th minute 30th minute 70th minute 90th minute something like that you'd say wow that was a lot a lot like last year, but mm-hmm. it did. There was that kind of lull. Like Dan said, maybe it was the, you know, they're, they're still in a, a lower gear or something like that. They're not fully firing, but, but yeah, just looking at the goals kind of isolated and not necessarily that they came late. It kind of mimics a performance from last season. Dan, at this point, are we actually safe to say that Mane's left foot is his weaker foot? 
Um, on a, another note, sorry, I've been thinking about this for a while now, but I haven't said anything. Yeah, I think I, out of Salah's goals, I think he scored more with his right foot this season than he has left foot. Yeah, which is surprising point. considering most of his goals last year were on his left foot. Right. I think the one the one finish that we haven't seen this year, well, maybe two actually, is. Uh, the chips aren't quite coming off with him. He attempted a really yeah. a, a deep chip uh, with his right foot with his right yeah. last weekend. <laughs> um, normally the chips are the chips are with his left, I think, but the curler with his left hasn't yeah. quite found uh, the level that it was at, especially the second half of last season, where every time he came onto the left foot, it was it was almost Coutinho esque. Um, you know, yeah. the the screamers against Everton, Roma. Um, and so I think he's been a little more reliant on that early. You know, he takes it very early. Um, if he gets in behind, he tries to kind of take the goalie uh, by yeah. surprise. Um, he he so, almost looks more nervous going up against defenders this, this season. He just doesn't have that same swag or confidence that he had last season. Um, do you think, do you think uh, his shoulder is, is still kind of in the back of his mind every time that he is up against someone like that? I think I think so. I I just he just doesn't have that same same movement he had last year. But he's been improving so much, you know, the past few games that I think uh, he'll he'll find that that form pretty quickly. When we saw on uh, at you know last weekend, we saw exactly what he can do, and it and it took a matter of minutes for him to assist to high quality goals with, with great passes. Um, oh yeah. Late in the game, the outside of the boot to Shakiri and the, uh, and the, oh, yeah. you know, the, the ball slid through uh, for Mane to chip. Um, so it, it, all of the panic in the early season was, it was a little bit exaggerated. Uh, uh, don't you think Pat? Yeah. And we talked about it too. Part of it is, you know, coming off an injury, coming off a World Cup, and also having intense, <laughs> like, defensive attention. Like, he's, and not just Mark, but in note, I, I noticed that it's, it almost looks purposeful from defenders to mark him, like, as closely as you can. And just saying, like, you, you know, you're probably going to get just roasted a couple times, but you've got you to gotta stick on him, right? Like, I, I don't know if it's, like, the scattering report or what, but... There is there is more defensive tension, and and that's why maybe we'll see him create a little bit more. But here here's one: Have you seen not just the, the structure, the format, but with Salah kind of moving into a, a striker whenever we play a four-two-three-one, and Firmino dropping into what's closer to ten? But why are we like why are we saying like we'll be better in attack? If we switch from a four-three-three to a four-two-three-one, does that ever happen, or can that only happen with Klopp? <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this to Dan. I mean, do you think that this shape is better for us offensively, um, or do you take any credence in the fact that we switch to the system to facilitate Fabinho's introduction to the team? I think. Formation-wise, the biggest concern this season has been, I, I know we're, we'll probably talk about this later, but it's been 
kind of Firmino's positioning and where he's been deployed. Um, I think that kind of it's not not a coincidence that he's kind of had his probably his worst run of games in terms of his LFC career. Um, but I feel like this team was at its best running a four three three. So I don't know if you necessarily try to change that that formula. Uh, but it wouldn't hurt to try it in you know some of the some of the smaller, the, the less difficult games, I guess. Do you do you uh, are you worried at all about about Bobby's form so far? Because he is of the of the players in the first team, um, and especially the front three. He's the one who's most often talked about right now as just being just not looking himself. Um, and and do you do you worry that now that it's you know, November 1st, is it a little too late for us to be saying, oh, he's still getting back into it? Uh, I don't think it's too late. Um, I think the goals will come. He's just, he's just too good to, to not have that. I think he's been unlucky. But his, his finishing just hasn't been what it was you know, compared to last season. So, uh, But his... You know his goals aren't there, but he's so important in that system. This is movement on and off the ball that uh, you know he creates space for the other attackers. I mean, there's there's a reason why Mane and Salah are scoring so many goals. I think he helps create that space and he helps them score. Right. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a concern, but I, I think I think he'll find his form sooner rather than later, especially with the team starting to click a lot better. I I have to I have to agree. Um, so in one of these easier fixtures, Klopp kind of took his chance at rotation, and we saw uh, Lalana come into the into the team for mm-hmm. Shakiri, who had started midweek. Uh, Lovren in for Gomez and Moreno in for Robertson. Um, I'll just start with the the easy, I guess, question. It's easy to say that. You know, yeah, these risks uh, in selection are fine because we won four one. Um, but are these players viable first team options uh, for the remainder of this, remainder of the season, uh, or is it one of those where you see the rotation and you just kind of get that get that feeling uh, that that very familiar feeling to LFC fans that dread. Uh, ahead of them <laughs> taking the field, I'll start. I'll start with Pat on this one. I don't. You have to be able to rotate some. Just the question is with. I don't. I don't know where you put Lalana, and it's what we talked about <laughs> on the last episode. Like he completely kind of forces your hand with a shape, and I do think that four-two-three-one suits him a little bit more, but. I don't know. I, I think you don't always – you can manage rotation by managing minutes. And I, I think I said this on Twitter during the Cardiff match, but lot like switch would have been ideal. Like Shakir can have that impact as a starter. It, it, we've seen what he can do. But Lalana could then come on. In the later season, skip 20, 30 minutes when the game's, game's already decided so that he can help maybe control play, pick up this crappy goal. Like, that's Lalana's game. 
putting him in a tent on the wing, just, I don't know. I, now, now we're being a dead. <laughs> <laughs> so are you a never Lalana kind of guy or? I just don't know when. Like if you don't have it against Cardiff as bad as it's been, <laughs> maybe maybe in Europe against Red Star you know? I don't I don't know. It's just like when when can you advocate to put him in? Like he he never shows it, whether it's against top sides or it's if it's against the bottom part of the table. So I'm okay with him again from a managing standpoint. But I, I just don't see why he would start. I uh, I have to think that if if Keita is is healthy, I don't. I genuinely at that point don't see uh, Lalana's place in the midfield, even when rotation is available, because Shakiri can can fill that role, especially mm-hmm. in in the attacking sense. When we talk about yeah. so many people lament the absence of Oxlade Chamberlain. But and and Dan, I'll pose this to you. I guess Lalana does Lalana really give us that that different kind of uh, look that Oxlade Chamberlain gave us at the end of last season, where he could drive through the midfielder? Is or does he just become? I don't know. To me, he seems like more of a like he works hard, um, but with little end product. Mm-hmm. Is that is that kind of how you see him? Yeah, he's kind of just a body at this point, unfortunately. I think he's a skillful player, um, but he shouldn't be anywhere close to the team right now. Uh, he just he I've never seen somebody just be so good at slowing down play the way he does. He's, he's not quick. It's where um, attacks go to die. <laughs> and it's it's brutal just just watching him do a Cruyff turn or just do some sort of back assward pass. It's he should be nowhere near the team, and also uh, Alberto Moreno should never <laughs> see do a you, starting eleven. Do you pin? Don't let Simon Brundish hear that. Do you pin that the goal on on Moreno? I don't think it's there's any coincidence to the fact that the goal happened on his side because <laughs> I don't think there's. I mean, is there a stat to a, a last game that he started? Um, that ended in a clean sheet. Has that ever happened? That's I mean, a yeah, great we've question. Clean, we've kept clean sheets with Moreno in the squad. No, I mean starting. Yes. When was the last time? That's what I'm asking. I mean, when was the last time he started before this? I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try to figure this out. That's what um, in the well, in the meantime, yeah. so we had the two switches in in our in our back line with Moreno coming in and Lovren coming in, probably the two most maligned players in, in Liverpool's current active squad. Um, <laughs> so is like, I, like I said, Lovren, um, did you notice a, a, a drop off uh, with Lovren being in? Cause I think we all noticed the drop off with Moreno being in versus Robertson especially given the fact that Moreno didn't get forward quite as much as I thought he would. Um, it was yeah. kind of Mane. Well, Moreno still had what the most chances joint, most chances created. He, I think he did so it was have more the same from three key passes. From Moreno. Uh, yeah. So 
So good on Alberto. But with those guys coming into the team, um, are they? Is it just a matter of they are attached to a, an era where we shipped goals for fun, or are we actually seeing a, a significant drop off in our quality when we when we have Moreno and Lovren in that back line versus Rabo and Gomez? I'd, with Moreno heavily, like it's just noticeable. Like Dan said, it's not. Yeah, you kind of blame the goal for goal on him just as much as you could for Van Dyke or or whatever else. But there's a significant drop off from Robertson to Moreno. Um, not just I think an overall play, but defensively, it's it, it's a huge gap. But it's yeah. one that. I don't know. I feel com- more comfortable saying you can put Moreno out there against lesser sides as opposed to Lalonde. <laughs> well, <laughs> because, that, right. Yeah, we, you know, my typical, but I don't know. Like, you, you can't have Robertson, you can't have these players playing every single minute. So right. with the midfield, you've got an easier chance to rotate with our backs, especially left back. I mean, if it's not. Moreno, it's going to be Milner, and I don't know. Okay, I'm okay with Moreno, but there's a huge gap. Dan Love for all of our (laughs) well-documented, not maybe hatred is too strong a word, but he has improved under Van Dyke, and it's shocking to me that Moreno still looks that bad (laughs) on the left side of Van Dyke. My, My issue is that with all of the things that were being said, um, there were a few people who came out and said, you know, a lot of, you know, Robbo does the same thing where he, he goes up and tries to win the ball up high. And if he had missed that tackle for the goal, then no one would be saying anything about him missing that tackle. And I, I think first off, that's just, it's bullshit. It's not true. Like Robbo would get just as much criticism for not winning that ball. The difference is that Robbo would win it. That's not, (laughs) that's the difference. And it's people, people will say that, oh, like no one would criticize Robbo if he didn't win it, but he would. That's the thing. If he made the decision to go out and win the ball 99 times out of a hundred, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna win it. That's, Mm -hmm. he has a track record of, he makes good decisions of when to press, when to get forward, when to stay back, when, you know, when to drop in. He makes incredible decisions, and Alberto Moreno's brain is just not anywhere near <laughs> that level. He's 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 a dunce. Like he he makes bad decisions. Are um, you are you stealing my rant right now? Are you stealing my thunder? No. And so I'll give credit. Okay. No. So what I'm saying is that it's not because you pointed to the track record, right? Of yes, like yeah. more criticism. Basically, your your rant was more criticism goes to those players because they've made mistakes. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. And the, and the difference is that Robertson just, he hasn't, he doesn't have that, that mistake. Uh, you know, if it, if he does make a mistake, it, it's incredibly rare. Yeah. Um, and that's where, that's where the difference lies. So it's not, it's not a matter of, Oh, there's an agenda against Moreno or anything like that. It's like, He's a dumb left back. He makes stupid <laughs> ass decisions and we're going to criticize him for it. Um, especially now that we have a better left back. But of course with a four, one win, it is, 
it's a luxury to be able to play a guy like Moreno. And yes, he makes a mistake for the goal. It ends up not mattering. And, uh, <laughs> and we give Robbo 90 minutes off um, because he's basically going to play every single minute of the second half of the season. So, um, yeah. so we have to try to wrap them in, in bubble wrap when we can. Um, so well, I, I like that because I don't, the one person that I think actually responded to my, my Twitter rant on there was just a guy. All he said was like top of the league, mate. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's my bad. <laughs> like maybe I got a little carried away, but no, you're right. It's this, it, it's both right. Like both the track record to say there, if you keep making the same idiotic mistakes, then yes, that that attention, that criticism is amplified. But these other players don't give us like Gomez, right? Did we not criticize Gomez for his like tracking path of like kind of long aerial mm-hmm. chances that were created? Yeah. And we haven't seen that, right? If we, we see that Saturday against Arsenal, it's going to get brought up because it's happened and we see it. And that, and, and hopefully it does, right? Hopefully he's made that growth. And that's why I can say that Moreno's it's painful obvious he just <laughs> not at all as of I still no way I think he used his right foot once against Cardiff. And that's the first time I've ever seen it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's remarkable uh when it does happen. It's like it's like seeing a unicorn. Seeing Alberto Moreno uses his right foot. <laughs> um <laughs> Alberto Moreno with a unicorn on a Segway while walking a dog. <laughs> yeah, him and Jose Enrique, uh, which I only bring him up because if you haven't listened yet to uh, to our FSG history, then part two's out now, so get on it. Um, you'll hear all about Jose Enrique. Um, so Is he still a Liverpool player, technically? <laughs> I, no, I think, he, I think he's finally left the club. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he he had some like you know jokes aside. Jose Enrique had some some very bad stuff go down. Um, well, true, but now he's now he's better and and things are looking up for him. I think uh, so we can joke about him again. Um, all right, so I won't I won't harp on the on our our lack of ruthlessness uh, against Cardiff just because obviously. It seemed like we had had the game, you know, completely in control, and then a scrappy goal gets conceded, and all of a sudden it's two one. Uh, it's our first goal that we've conceded at home in the league since February, and everything just started to feel a little familiar. Um, but obviously, late in the game, Jordan Shakiri comes off the bench, and I don't think it's mm. any coincidence that the second that Lolana was off. <laughs> we we look dangerous um and yeah yeah and and i won't i won't sugarcoat things because Firmino came off as well for for uh milner um milner's impact i don't think was as noted or as you know impactful um yeah i forgot about him but Shakiri coming on um, and then replicating. I don't know if you guys thought this, but it immediately reminded me of of Suarez's first goal away at Spurs in thirteen fourteen when he oh yeah he was running into the box, 
came to a full stop as a guy slid past him and then just slotted it in with his left yeah. foot uh, in the bottom corner. It, it reminded me. It wasn't quite as drastic with Shakiri, but but what an impact. Um, and is Shakiri making a making a claim that he is part of our best eleven right now? Yes, absolutely. I, uh, I mean, like I said before, he's just. I think the problem with Lalana is that you're, you're not going to break down a team like Cardiff with him, and Shakiri has that that like X factor. He kind of has. I think he has a new trademark with his uh, that ball behind the defense to whoever's playing at left back. He's done that. Oh, that pass! It's, it's wicked. It's just been terrorizing defenses. Yep. And I don't. That's not something Lalana looks for. Um, I think he's definitely made a, a claim to that spot. And you know, over the summer, people can't remember who said it, but uh, when they said Shakiri was the the Fakir alternative, I think he's proving to be a pretty damn good alternative at the moment. I think that was our denounced old friend, Manhattan Doc. <laughs> Denounced. Yeah. Except <laughs> it was not defrocked. <laughs> I think he, he did say that Shakiri was the Fakir alternative, but it was not in a positive way. Right. Surprise, surprise. So my question as we transition into our, our look ahead for, for Arsenal, um, I think the team is more or less set in stone, but that middle three, that that midfield three which I do think it'll be a midfield three and not and not a midfield two. But even if it includes um, that that third attacking player in a four two three one, um, is Shakiri in the midfield three for Arsenal, or are we looking at more of a PSG style approach uh, where we where we play the the hard working midfield? I think. Big games last year. We had the midfield three of Henderson, Milner, and uh, Vinaldo, and I think that's what we're going to see um, Saturday. As, assuming they're all fit, you know, if Henderson's right. back and whatnot. But yeah. uh, I, I don't I, think he's going to throw Fabinho into that uh, that midfield or or Shakiri. I think a game like that, he's going to look for to Shakiri from the bench. Um, right, but we'll see. Pat, do yeah. you, do you I, think, think differently? I, I or? Say the, you, he's done a great job of rewarding performances. And Fabinho and Alden, that kind of dynamic has worked really well the past two games. But it's a different, it's a different setup against like a, a, a top team. So I think, yeah, I don't know if they, I think that could feel that that could disrupt theirs and then create from that because i mean arsenal giving up goals and chances left and right um so yeah i, I agree with dan i think it'd probably be that that midfield that that'll be the pressing control uh probably the the head note milner when all the dynamic um if they're healthy otherwise maybe it was fabinho shot up i think I think if if Henderson is not healthy, um, then you could see Fabinho in a midfield three uh, with mm-hmm. with 
with Vinaldum and, and Milner, um, which could be interesting because you basically have two of the, I would say, like hunting eights, um, like guys who are tasked with, you know, finding Arsenal's link up play and destroying it on site. Um, yeah. And Fabinho being more of the, the cover for the back, the back four. Um, but that's only if Henderson isn't healthy. I agree with you guys that I, I do think that, that we go with the, I'll call it the PSG, the anti PSG mm-hmm. midfield. Um, because I think Klopp has to look at this Arsenal game and see that obviously they are, they have two of the best attackers in the premier league. Um, you know, Lacazette and Aubameyang are incredible. They've been world-class for, for several years now. Um, and now that they're finally being played together, they're incredibly dangerous. But that midfield and the back four are extremely vulnerable. Um, I do not think that, especially with, and we'll get to the uh, the gift that Liverpool has been handed in, in Genduzi being... <laughs> sent off in the league cup and therefore <laughs> banned for Saturday. Um, I think we've been given a little bit of a gift there, but I, I truly think that with that swarming kind of midfield three, uh, we can really control the game. Uh, even, even though we're away at Arsenal, um, I think that midfield battle is going to be extremely difficult for Arsenal to win. Um, because we saw what happened when even PSG, you know, they were short uh, Marco Verratti when they came to to Anfield and Rabio and um, God, who else was in? It was it was a two man midfield. And it was a or no, it was a three man midfield with Marquinhos as the as a DM. And it was an absolute disaster. <laughs> it was a disaster. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we yeah. could see a similar a similar situation, especially with the uh, the injuries that that Arsenal have. Yeah. In, well, they're in not defense. short on defensive midfielders. They've got a good number of them, right? Do they? Oh, it'll be, I mean, we'll likely see Ramsey. Torreira. Torreira. Torreira, yeah. Torreira's kind of... stats, that's the one, like, I don't know if Guanduzi gets the the love, the attention because of his hair. But Torreira's <laughs> the one that, like, has completely kind of changed during their... Right during their upswing, mm-hmm. he's been he's been impressive. Uh, I I do kind of see him, and and I keep making references to that to the PSG match only because I really do see parallels between Arsenal and PSG right now. Because if you know that the attacking side of their game, there's no question that they have quality. They've been finishing chances well above what they should be um, at this stage in the season based on their expected goals. Um, but the midfield, even with a guy like Rabio, who, you know, Liverpool are apparently in for on a free at the end of the, at the end of the season, mm-hmm. um, even with him in, in that midfield, it wasn't enough. Um, and they were completely, you know, for, for all but two passages of play, they were shut down. So, yeah. so I really do think that that hardworking midfield could really throw a wrench in, uh, in Arsenal's plans. Um, but as we talk about the opponent, um, the first, the first question I'll ask about Arsenal is, uh, 
does playing against Unai Emery, who was the manager of Sevilla on that night <laughs> in in Basel, does that give you does that give you any pause coming up against the man who masterminded Alberto Moreno's demise that night? <laughs> As long as Moreno's not on the pitch. <laughs> our, I mean, we know, like, Arsenal have been, you know, they had a schedule at first, and now they've, you know, been playing podunk Europa on this run. But, you know, part of it's a mix of their quality. And the other part is, like, they've got 10 more goals scored than what they expected to, which is ridiculous. Like, on the XU table, it puts them about ninth, I think. So... Yeah, as long as Alberto Moreno is not on a pitch, just don't even let him show up. <laughs> Send him. Yeah, actually. Dan, does does that that attacking pair for Arsenal does that does that scare you at all? I mean, yeah, it's just, they're they're in form right now. They're both extremely talented, um, and I I, I think. Now defensively, we're more capable of stopping that attack. I mean, you know, back to the PSG result. You know, it's scary seeing, uh, you know, having the, our central defenders go up against uh, Neymar and and uh, Cavani, which is kind of a similar um, dynamic. But I think they shut them down pretty well for the most part. So yes, it's frightening, but also I think we're now defensively capable of of shutting down anybody. Who do you think? Do you think it goes with Gomez or Arnold? Because what Aubameyang's wide left usually for them kind of drifts out wide. Could do um, Gomez at right back, and then Lovren and uh, Van Dyke. Uh, yeah, backs. Because I don't know. We haven't mentioned it much, and it hasn't. We might mention him later, but <laughs> I I don't know. Trent's Trent's been. I don't know. I don't even know how to say it. Like, he hasn't been bad. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been as good as some points as he was towards the end of last season. Um, I don't know. I just don't know what to make of Trent so far this season. Yeah, it's like something impregnated his mentality or something. <laughs> uh, right. That was too on the nose. That was that was far too far too direct. No, I uh, I I do think. It, it it's interesting because the thing that we also haven't really talked about is the fact that Gomez going forward hasn't he's no slouch, um, because that I think was the he's one the fastest thing player on this team. He he genuinely he's is slowest on FIFA nineteen. <laughs> yeah, he uh, let's see people that he's beat in a foot in a flat foot race. Leroy Sané, uh, in the in the zero in the the zero zero draw. Um, and, uh, in the, the Cardiff match, right? Uh, no, in the, um, God, who am I thinking of? Red Star? In Europe, I, I want to say against Napoli. Did he out, he outran yeah, someone right. in, a, maybe it was, uh, in Signe or Mertens or someone like that. But either way, Gomez Gomez's recovery speed is unreal. Um, yeah, because he can be caught out a little bit, and then not only catch up to the point where he doesn't have to make a last ditch tackle, but he can make a standing 
tackle <laughs> and uh and just come away with it you know it's uh, he's he's unreal um but the yeah, one no, he's been good at both the one thing that we i don't think that we give gomez quite a bit quite enough credit um in the fact that his his delivery and his uh his kind of attacking decision making isn't quite as bad i think everybody kind of writes him off as a defensive yeah. right back um but he's not he's not, truly he's not wasted going forward He's been no. I mean, it's been a shock because, like I said, Trent Trent's delivery and and some of his quality in I don't know was from flat out bad to average. I think to start <laughs> the season, and at least I don't know. Maybe we've got blinders on because of how how good he's been in the last couple of games. Um, but no, Gomez going forward at, at right back has been surprising. I, uh, the one, the one reason that I would like to see Alexander Arnold and, and then Gomez, Gomez Van Dyke as a partnership is because I do really enjoy, um, Verge and, and big Joe Gomez playing those, those line breaking passes out of center back. Um, yeah. I, I really love a good, a good a good ball from Joe to Salah <laughs> on the ground um, yeah. from the center of the field. There's a there is something to be said. That, I mean, do we think that we're better off going at this Arsenal team down the flanks, or are we better trying to play through the middle? I think down the flanks. I think their their weakness is down the flanks. Uh, you know, with uh, Monreal probably injured and Kolasinac um, questionable, we'll have Flicksteiner back there who's, who's solid, but he's also, you know, towards the end of tail end of his career, mm-hmm. which I would love to see, you know, Alexander-Arnold and Salah going down that side. and then Just torching him. Robertson and Mane on the other side, tor- torturing Bellerin, who I think is, is, uh, is good, but he's very vulnerable to, you know, mistakes and being caught off uh, guard. He's also a doubt for, uh, for the match. So oh, wow. just Who's to, back just to round back? up their, uh, round up their, their, their injuries. In, <laughs> yeah, in, we need to. So El Nenny, <laughs> Mohamed El Nenny, uh, who's played like essentially as a DM or, you know, he, he kind of plays with Jaka, I think mainly, um, he is out for sure. Um, Bayerin is questionable. Um, and so Kolasinac and Monreal are game time decisions or, you know, will be tested this week, which I think may be a little bit of mind games from, from Emery. Um, but he also called them doubts for their Europa league game in midweek. So I don't know how they would play (laughs) at the weekend and then not play, um, in the Europa league, but just to give some context, uh, in the league, the last back four that um, Arsenal uh, fielded included Rob Holding and Mustafi at center back <laughs> and Granite Xhaka as an emergency left back. Um, oh. Oh. If Xhaka is the left back, there is there any excuse that Mohamed Salah doesn't just absolutely go off? No, and that's a potential red card incident <laughs> waiting to happen too. It's I mean, anytime Nemanja Vidic, the pitch, yeah. it's it's an opportunity for a red card. 
So Jaka's the added the added uh, element here for Arsenal fans is that Jaka is on four yellows, so he'll be suspended if he picks up a yellow card in this match against Liverpool, which he most certainly will. Uh, oh yeah, depending on the depending how does he only have four? Depending on the referee, of course. Yeah, um, his. His expected yellow card to actual yellow card one point seven five is absurd. Um, so I know we we all I think collectively suck at predictions, um, but with with this big match coming up, um, it is it's a big one here in El Paso, obviously because oh yeah the El Paso Reds and the El Paso Gooners, aka the Border Cannons. Uh, share official, the official same bar. supporters group, right? They are an official supporters group. Although I do have, I mean, they're an official supporters group basically due to our, our boy who's supposed to be a guest tonight, a, a friend who will, he will not be a friend for 90 minutes on Saturday, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but Ponchi, Ponchi more or less talked his way into the, official supporters group <laughs> designation. I, I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah. Um, but no, they're, they're a good crew. Uh, they always show up. So I will best believe I will be <laughs> haranguing the El Paso Reds to make sure we show up in force. Um, oh yeah. But we're at the Emirates. It's not a place that we love to go play. Um, even in recent years, it hasn't been the best. It, the best result we've had there recently was the four three um on the opening oh, day yeah, a couple of years ago. Uh with Mane's wonder debut goal. Um Oof. so predictions for Saturday at the Emirates. Who is coming out on top and, and who I'll I'll even add we, we need to we need the goal scorers as well. Ooh. I say um I just don't see a way that where Arsenal wins. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I think I don't think that's a weird. I think thing it'll be to difficult say. for them to score as well. Like they're going to depend on Utsil, who's historically shitty um, when uh, he plays up against LFC. Um, so I think I would say three zero. <laughs> Uh, scores. Yep. <laughs> Dan, Dan's just whipping it out and putting it on the table right now. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bobby Firmino hat trick. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you heard it here first, folks. Bobby <laughs> hat trick at the Emirates and a clean sheet. The clean sheet. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll say this. I don't think the clean sheet's that crazy to say because I think mm-hmm. we've there have been periods where we've looked. Absolutely. Like the one thing we've done is we have severely limited opponents' chances, uh, and even against big opposition like like City, the only chance that they had to score essentially was a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think it's outrageous like to say we'll to say we'll keep a clean sheet against a good offensive team. I don't know. You guys are crazy. There's no way. <laughs> We're we're gonna give up a few goals. Haven't we given up three goals the last time we played at the Emirates? Yes. Each time. However, yeah. I will say that we gave up the the three that we gave up last season 
was <laughs> that was quite a bit of karma that Arsenal expended to get <laughs> to get that that like five minute period where they just automatic you know they scored yeah. three goals. Um, but those are the type of goals that this Arsenal team has been scoring. Yes. So that's my concern. So yes. I'm going to say, I'll say three two. I'll say but, three two. But also, who was who was our goalkeeper those times? I think it was Simon Min- Min- All right, I'll say three one. <laughs> <laughs> Allison will save one. That's the... <laughs> he'll save he'll save the Jaka the Jaka strike from 35 or whatever. But no, I don't know. I'll go. <laughs> you know, Monik's going to score. So if you've got a Firmino hat trick down, you might as well make it 4-0 because Monday's going to get one goal. <laughs> Left or right foot? Both. <laughs> Mane brace. Mane brace, okay. And what did I say, 3-1? Yeah. Mane brace. Most solid. Most solid. Mm-hmm. Who scores for Arsenal? <sighs> I'm going to go uh, Mustafi. <laughs> Set I don't even think it start. Who's going to start? I think <laughs> they don't have anyone else. I start Socrates and uh, uh, Holding. Yeah, maybe. If I it know, is Socrates and Holding, that is week. legitimately the slowest central <laughs> defender pairing that they could start, and I'm <laughs> for it. I'm here for it. No, um, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I I really, really, I have so much scar tissue as a Liverpool fan playing at the Emirates, there's so many, there's so many just <laughs> shitty games that have been played and not even, you know, it's not like Arsenal would go there and play us off the park. It's just, just these like, no, never. Yeah. just these drab affairs that just get dragged down into nonsense, um, by Arsenal. So, um, I don't know. What I think got? three, three seems about right, especially given their personnel in, in defense. Um, I think, Yeah, I'll go. I'll go three two, and Ooh, I'll okay. say uh, Liverpool's gonna win. I I just I think I really think we're gonna win. Um, and I think I'm more optimistic than this, but I I'll say Aubameyang and and Lacazette both score. Um, similar to oh, PSG, isn't that nice for you? Yes, but similar to PSG <laughs> in that in that they they take advantage of two like two half chances right like and score yeah. Because that's just kind of how they're operating right now, um, but for for Liverpool, I think I'll go with Bobby gets one, Sadio gets one, and then uh, I genuinely think that that uh, I mean if Gomez is up for a corner, I think he may I think he may <laughs> snag one. So Gomez Shinky. with the third and uh, and a nice Liverpool win, but. Um, it is I'll a tough that. one to predict because the Emirates just has so much. I don't know. It's like voodoo down there. Um, when uh, I think to win to win the title for for the first time in you know twenty plus years, I think you have to break the, those hoodoos and right. Yeah, I think we've been doing that pretty well this season. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, for all we talked about earlier with with the midfield that we used so often last season, our Performance, Champions League aside, from top teams in the Premier League last season was awful. Right. Right? One of the worst. So, I don't know. I, I'm kind of hoping we see something outside of the the typical Hendo-Milner-Winaldo dynamic that 
you know, if it's disruptive, like against BSG, it works wonders. But right. I don't know. It, 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 it can be left wanting at times. So, I mean, if if Dan saying a Bobby Firmino hat trick is putting his balls out on the table, if Shakiri starts in midfield for Klopp, mm. then that is balls out, like, mm, knife yeah. to the throat. Be like Let's fucking seven. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So we talk uh, our last little segment here. We got heroes and heroes and villains. Uh, we like to talk about about the social media heroes, the the guys who are out there just doing the Lord's work, and then the villains, <laughs> the ones who just need to you know delete your account. That's that sort of thing. Um, so there's been <laughs> a little bit of discussion this week uh, with our our first hero who. Um, the the hero uh, that we need, not the one that we deserve, because we deserve nothing <laughs> on LFC Twitter. Um, but Babu Yagu, who Ugh. I don't actually, <laughs> I don't hate his username. Let's get let's get one thing straight, because he's going to yeah. listen to this, um, and he's going to think that I'm critical of the username. I don't hate the username. I just if it's not like he can he can. He has the expertise. He can have whatever username he wants. You want him to put his name out there. That's what you're saying. <laughs> but I'm I well, I just mean that he doesn't have to be, you know, there he doesn't need gimmicks anymore. He's proven he's proven himself. He deserves it. He, he deserves, deserves it. to be able he's to a, put his name on. He's it. a Sam McGuire. He's exactly. In that, he's in that air. So my a first So my first nominee is is Babu Yagu for <laughs> he caught wind of people uh, putting Hazard over Salah, and and this is there's a deeper conversation here about like football Twitter and the fact that if one player is good, the other player must suck. Like that's the, <laughs> <laughs> there. There's not room for two good you know footballers on this earth. Um, yeah, but they were putting together the fact that or the one tweet said that Hazard is a ten out of ten every match. <laughs> Worked so hard for the team, and the well, he said one versus the other. He meant Hazard was the ten out of ten, and Sala was a three out of ten tap in merchant. Um, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so Babu Yagu made it his personal mission to dunk on this fool, uh, Vince Carter style, as you so pointedly <laughs> oh. uh, punctuated, I think, on Twitter. So. How so satisfying is guy. how satisfying oh, is it when when that contemplated suicide? <laughs> Wait, so did this Chelsea fan? <laughs> Wait, the French the French center contemplated suicide? Yeah, I read a lengthy article about it. He, wow. he went through some depression. Nah, Damn, not, that, not that makes it way it. less cool. Like well, that makes it less fun. dunk, and that's not surprising. <laughs> Oh, the best <laughs> when the uh, song "Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster" is playing as, as the. Uh, <laughs> That's a song. Oh man, that's like that might be the original GIF. Oh no, wait, GIFs don't have audio. <laughs> and I mean, I'm just saying it's been that that video's been around for a while. Well, it was the 2000 yeah. Olympics, so 18 years. Oh man, I'm old. Yeah, no, we all are. So, <laughs> um, so, so Babu was out was out doing the Lord's work in these streets. Mm. And he poses all the stats. He breaks it down, right? 
um, is one, he's a hero for going out and doing that. Um, but is he not similar to the kind of fact-based political accounts who dunk on Donald Trump where (laughs) we, they go out, they do the fact finding, they, they see what's true, what's not, they post all the evidence and yet these ignorant people are still out there. Yeah, because they're trolls, and that's that's what the response they, they hope for. <laughs> Much like many Trump supporters also yeah. resemble <laughs> physical trolls. True. So um, just, going, just going through um, some of the, the hazard, like... What when I say Eden Hazard, what do you guys think? What's like what comes to mind? What uh, he just a great player. Okay. Like, just just skillful. Uh but I felt like he always just lacked that aggressiveness when he gets close to the close to the penalty area. Yeah, he's kind of like the winger that uh, and maybe it's just the Hazard fanboys that say, like, you know, he's a winger. That's why he didn't score as many goals. <laughs> he, does, he, does, he might lack a little bit of ruthlessness. But, no, I don't think it's it's absurd to say that he's been consistently one of the best players in the Premier League. He's, he's an amazing player. Yeah. He's very unique, a very unique skill set. I don't think many players in the world can do it. Um, so it's interesting seeing uh, Sarri's team kind of mold him and the player he is right now which is scoring at a rate that Salah did last season yeah but he Um, could go to Spain and and bag 30 easily every single season do you do you think that it's fair to say that Hazard has not hit the heights that he could have like could he have been the best player in the world if he spent every season working with Mourinho. Well, I mean, and is that, is that the problem? Has he been held back by Chelsea's managers or, and is he finally, I think think partially yes, but I think a lot of his decision-making comes down to his, his own doing. Um, But it also helps when you have an attacking manager as, you know, like, sorry, compared to playing uh, against, you know, with, Conte, who's obviously a little bit more defensively minded, yeah. and then Mourinho, who's I don't know what what minded he is, but uh, <laughs> um, he's been known to to ruin players. Yeah, well, and I I think um, with with Hazard, you have you have a very I don't know my my initial impression of him when he came to the Premier League was that he was a dick. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't I know just, that that's changed. Uh, to me, he to me he reminds me a little bit like him and Griezmann, personality wise, are are kind of on the same wavelength. I think, um, like a, a douchey kind of vibe. Yeah, they're just kind of they just seem like dicks. Bros. Uh, and and he's, IPA bros. <laughs> IPA. <laughs> um, but to get back to our to get back to our hero, so so the big uh, stat that that Babu threw out initially was, was the fact that, um, you know, 
to to refute the fact that you know Hazard was doing all this stuff for the team and uh, Salah wasn't you know helping the team is that in Salah in the last calendar or in in last year had ten assists and thirteen big chances created. Hazard had four assists with ten big chances created. <laughs> um, so they were both creative but only one was getting results at the end. And I'm sure that was mostly Hazard passing to, you know, Murata. Murata, um, yeah. <laughs> but he also Where's added it? that, yeah. uh, that calling Salah a tap-in merchant is not really even an insult because <laughs> <laughs> he said the fact that, you know, scoring tap-ins isn't a bad thing. Anybody who understood football or even the most basic of levels would at, or at even the most basic of levels would know that a forward who reads play anticipates reacts and finishes chances is more effective than a player who has a better quality <laughs> shot from distance, but isn't getting into good scoring locations because yeah. he's poor at anticipation or reaction or so calling Salah a tap in merchant in itself is actually a compliment <laughs> in that he's in the right so, position to score. He eviscerated the argument. Yeah. And then said, okay, well, just in case we want to continue with this argument that I just destroyed, <laughs> here are the stats that also make you wrong. Yes. <laughs> On both it, the thread is, I mean, insane in its level of depth. Um, going into the, <laughs> the quality of shots of each player <laughs> from different situations. Um, so... Mainly the fact that, obviously, uh, Hazard last season scored nine goals from penalties uh, and Salah had had two. So mm-hmm. um, that obviously making a big difference. Uh, and this, this could go into my villains category, but um, I didn't add this in. Did you guys see uh, Sky's I, – I retweeted it because it was so specific of a stat to try to make – one player look good. Um, <laughs> but it was, it yeah, was, was it? they were trying to work um, the top scorer from Darby into a larger context. So they said, uh, goals scored in English domestic league and cup competitions <laughs> since the start of last season. <laughs> <laughs> so. So eliminating Europe and eliminating like you know the level of competition. Um, yeah, Darby's striker. I can't. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. If I found the tweet, I I could see it. But either way, him and Sala were level on thirty eight domestic <laughs> goals. Uh, and they, they also play what forty three, forty two games, games a season. Yeah, yeah, forty two games. And and so <laughs> the <laughs> the player who was number one in that stat with thirty nine was the golden child of England, one Harry Kane. Oh, calendar year boy! <laughs> <laughs> Cal- Cal- exactly since the start of last season in English domestic league and cup competitions. Um, so are you? Are taking, you taking a shot at this because of the recent MLS post that showed the top 
the top goal scorers in the world, like yes. Messi, Ronaldo, Salah, oh, and then the guy yes. from Atlanta. From like Atlanta. Yes. So you guys have seen, you guys have heard of false equivalency, right? Like that's yeah. <laughs> like a logical fallacy that you know where you try to compare two things that aren't the same. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Joseph Martinez is a perfect example. They said <laughs> thirty-one league goals. They didn't mention how many games. They didn't mention the fact that they play an unbalanced schedule. <laughs> like, they, there's just, God, it was so thirsty. Like, that's another villain. We, we haven't taken a shot thirsty. At, at U.S. soccer in a while. So that was, I know. I've been trying to needed. stay away. That was needed. So speaking of shots, Sam McGuire, who is one of our Twitter Hall of Famers, uh, saw a full English breakfast posted on Twitter and could not stand for it. Yeah. yeah. In that what is hero I behavior. Loved is it, it it came into this thread of people posting photos of their breakfast <laughs> and him just ruthlessly criticizing <laughs> <laughs> these meals that people were it didn't even evolve into this oh I'm gonna post this horrible looking photo of a breakfast sandwich. They were like legitimate <laughs> <laughs> like legitimate breakfast that people thought like, oh, this is so good. It looks delicious. And Sam was just picking apart. Then it got into their hatred for like salmon, I think. Salmon? Salmon? What? Salmon. Salmon McGuire. Salmon McGuire. Salmon McGuire. So here's what I want to do. We will okay. be with the... I believe will be, Dan can confirm, with the Chicago OLS, OLSC at Agent Hudson's. Am I confirming? Uh, I just said Dan can confirm. Can you confirm? <laughs> I can confirm that we'll, we'll be at Agent there Hudson. There you go. There you go. Right here. So, November 3rd. I don't know. Do they have a good Irish breakfast? I don't know. Never eat there. Just drink. Oh, a lot of cars. <laughs> a lot of pilsners. But anyway, we, I will try to get a full breakfast, send the photo at Sam McGuire, our Twitter hero and Hall of Famer, and see what he thinks about A.J. Hudson's full breakfast. But, I mean, gonna, it's going to get blasted. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I do have – I just have to – you know – Obviously, Sam, great, great guy, and we are we are looking to have both of these heroes on the show. I think I think it needs to happen. But Sam going out there and battling against against bad food photos that's <laughs> big. That that's that's very like that's hard work that needs to be done because yeah. we have all these people out here trying to trying to I don't know show their culinary skills and they just. They need to realize that that ain't the one. It's yeah, it, that ain't it. <laughs> that, that ain't, ain't it, it, Chief. <laughs> uh, so, so speaking of that ain't it, uh, our, we're going to move on to our, our villains uh, of social media. And number one on this list is I don't know if this video specifically is actually the villain or if this whole segment of Twitter is the villain. But I'm going to go after. Manchester City fans. All of them. Yeah. I mean, as a group on Twitter, they're very... Uh, have you met a more cringy fan base? They're making Chelsea fans look uh, look like yesterday's news. 
I'm getting a little tired of all this leniency for Chelsea this season. So let's. There's no making Chelsea fans look good, but there, but there is on Twitter this level of. I don't know. They're just so butthurt. <laughs> like that's that's all. That's how it appears to me. They're just so butthurt of the pounding that we put on in the Champions League last season. Dan, do you think it's a do you think it's a bitterness or is it just is it just a is there a desperation to to be relevant? Um, because despite the strength of their squad, no one really puts that much credence in in city fans. Is that is that I mean is that justified? Uh, sorry, say that again. Just the the fact that obviously the big clubs fans seem you know they have a lot of weight on on social yeah. media. But City haven't really been given the level of kind of respect, I would say, uh, versus, you know, you have some, like, giant podcasts and accounts out there for these big clubs. But City, despite the, the team's success, is is their Twitter sphere just kind of, like, desperate to be involved and no one's ever going to take them seriously? It, it's, it's weird when you see like LLC posts or something, you always see, you know, these Manchester city accounts defending something. It's like, they don't necessarily have to defend. It's just, it's, it's, it's a bizarre fan base. You know, you have a team that can't necessarily sell out a champions league semifinal. (laughs) Um, but the moment you criticize anybody on the team or the team itself, uh, they'll go out of their way to, to say something, whether it's right or wrong. So it's just, it's a, it's a bizarre dynamic and a bizarre kind of fan base. Well, you have to think about too, what the fan base is going to consist of like true city fans. There aren't going to be that many of them or like true long-term city fans. So you're going to have, I think I said this not too long ago, like, they're exactly what Chelsea were just a few years ago, right? Mm-hmm. They're just going through the stage now, and we see it just – it's more pronounced on social media. And so you'll have these people that are clueless and can only cling to what they've done recently, and they are – I think they are. They are desperate to stay relevant because if you can't fill a stadium, <laughs> just in like Premier League game, let alone a Champions League semifinal, that – that is going to cause like some deep, some deep wounds with them. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why they're so. I'll say it again, butthurt via Twitter. <laughs> so this the specific incident that that we're referring to is the fact that there's a video circulating, and it was it was retweeted or or posted by Away Days, um, who's a fairly big account, I, I think, uh, and they normally show you know shows of passion and shows of like, uh, like yeah. whether it's, you know, TIFO or like fans, uh, coming up with something, you know, like a good song or just like passion shown by a fan base. They posted a video of city fans singing a, a parodied version of our Ale 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 song, which has become so famous over the last, the last year. Um, the contents of which, uh, you know, I won't, try to recreate it, but the contents of which are the fact that we 
made it to the Champions League final. So to me, you're starting off with a compliment. <laughs> Uh, so we made it to the Champions League final, which they did not. Uh, we lost in a game uh, against Real Madrid that where they celebrate Ramos's performance uh, of injuring our best player and knocking our goalkeeper out um, of <laughs> world football, basically. Like, uh, yeah. just <laughs> making him completely... Uh, a pariah in, in all of, in, in the whole world, uh, including Turkey. Um, and, uh, and then singing about Raheem Sterling, obviously a former Liverpool player, um, who is very reluctant to sign his new contract (laughs) at city. So I, there's a lot of layers. Um, but, for a song that is meant to be offensive, I I don't really uh, there's no point in there that I find that I find particularly hurtful. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> it can't be if you lead off with a song that's based on a team that eliminated you from a competition and made it to the final. I guess that's just Old City's, you know, deficiency in general. <laughs> the yeah, the inferiority complex. Um, that they have is, is astonishing at times. Um, so we move on and this is, this is a a group of of folks that we've interacted with a little bit. They haven't interacted back because they, they don't have time for us. Um, (laughs) but we move on to, to Copa 90. Um, so they mainly do, uh, articles and, and YouTube videos about, they they they're trying to stay on the cutting edge of of like fan culture and stuff like that. They're trying to stay trying to stay you know with it. I, I I'd say um, yeah. And they just released a video not that long ago called FIFA and Chill with the best defender <laughs> in the world, <laughs> Dejan Lovren. Uh, so it's mainly I've only seen the first. Just shy of ten minutes, they have not played FIFA yet. Um, <laughs> so it's mainly been it's mainly been chill. Um, Lodge, but the ten minutes into FIFA and chill, and the really interesting thing is that they started off by questioning Lovren's claim that he's the best defender in the world. <laughs> He immediately fires back with, I didn't say I was the best defender in the world. I said I was one of the best defenders in the world. And I think that's fair. Do you think that's fair? No. <laughs> I, do you think it's fair for Copa 90 to put him and the viewer by extension in, in that position of uh, confronting that question? Yeah, I think I think Lovren loves the attention. He doesn't care. I think so. I think he I think he knew what he was doing when he declared himself one of the best defenders in the world. I don't know, dude is probably on a high. He just came from a couple finals, lost both of them. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I think Dan's right. He he loves the attention, but I do I think there's a little bit of narcissism there where I, I think he actually thinks that. He he thinks he's one of the best defenders in the world. That's a good mentality to have. 
yeah, why, yeah, why not? So except the history of Dan Leverin having that mentality and then completely collapsing <laughs> is a long one. Here's here's my question. So to back up that claim, we had the all of these awards occurred, whether it was FIFA, UEFA, um, you know, all these government governing bodies have their have their end of year awards ceremonies. And we saw a situation where Real Madrid, they do they do win the Champions League. So we you know we can't take that away from them. But they didn't win the league. Like they didn't win their league, but they absolutely cleaned up at all of these awards where the best forward in the world was Ronaldo, oh, yeah. the best midfielder in the world was Modric, the best defender in the world was Ramos, and the best keeper was Kaylor Navas, and no one batted an eye. <laughs> if Liverpool wins the Champions League final, is it Salah, Henderson, Lovren, and <laughs> and and Karius, you know, cleaning up at the at the uh It should be the awards in the same way. I mean Milner would be on there for sure. Yeah, sorry, Milner, oh, not, not Dole, probably not Henderson. Right there, ten yeah. ten assists in the Champions League, a record, and it's not enough for best uh you know, player of the term, <laughs> best midfielder 11. in the tournament. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> but those, I mean, those those world best XIs are always just stupidly skewed towards Barcelona, Real Madrid. Right. Uh, well, what they named was it Courtois that was the goalkeeper of the season and then didn't make it into the eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> or Marcelo, who's on there every time, who is not really a defender, just yeah. happens to play in that position. Right. Like if he if he was in any other league, he'd be playing uh, as a winger. Yeah. Or midfielder. I mean, it's or probably a ten if he's back in back in the homeland. Is but it's, um, it's crazy how stupidly skewed it is towards the the, the big big teams, right? Yeah. Now, well, that was once I saw how you can name one person the best goalkeeper and then not put them in the starting eleven. <laughs> I was like, well, that, that's it. That's it for any award. Is it is it now fair? Speaking of Real Madrid, is it now fair to call Lopa Tegui Lopa Tegui Tegui? Oh, good luck with that one. Yeah, it's a tough one. Lopetegui, not gonna, not gonna work here is it fair to say Lopetegui is the Hodgson of La Liga? <laughs> not necessarily. Um, them losing, obviously, is a big deal because Benzema can't score for shit. Um, so it's hard to find goals when you lose, you know, 60 goals a, a year guy and not really replace him with anybody right um i think he's dealt kind of a shit hand with that but he didn't do himself any favors with some really kind of shitty performances yeah especially when you have a team with that much talent like that oh yeah they're still loaded that midfield's just just stupidly good so yeah i mean i'm i'm taking i'm very i'm very much enjoying the fact that that Real Madrid are are struggling. Um, oh, it's, yeah. it's just about just about my favorite thing. Um, 
right now. With that being said, uh, one of the guys who who emerged last year on that run to the final against against Madrid was Trent Alexander Arnold. Hmm. Do you think, as I take a pregnant pause, <laughs> uh, do you think that he is on a Klein-like trajectory right now with his off the field involvement? Oh. And actually, can can Pat Pat or Dan, whoever whoever's more well read into the situation, can you can you just quickly walk us through Trent's off the field drama currently? I think yeah. I'm, I'm the authority on all things all things. fullbacks, <laughs> at least right backs. If that doesn't go into your go Twitter ahead. bio by the end of the night, then <laughs> the authority on all things LFC fullbacks. We know. It's well documented, <laughs> the the stories that have come out about Klein. None of which have – I don't know if, it have, if they've ever been confirmed. Yeah, none like, are, none are substantiated. Stories. I mean the reality the reality TV show, uh, Love and Hip Hop was amazing. Yeah, and that kind of makes me want to believe all the stories after he was on that reality TV show. But no, I mean, <laughs> listen, all of these things like sex cruises and yachts or whatever for Klein are true, and then compare it to old old young Trent Alexander Arnold shooting his shot. At a at a pregnant lady on was it Snapchat? Yeah, Snapchat. Snapchat. <laughs> it happens on Snapchat. I think he, you know they've talked about him moving to a midfield role um, at some point in his career. I think he's perfected the DM role pretty pretty well at this point. <laughs> DM he slid into the DMs. I don't even know how that happens. Where you go? Doesn't Instagram have all the same features as Snapchat? Why would you move a conversation? With a pregnant woman, I, I, I find really? it all. I, I I don't think it's real. Oh yeah, Let, let's clarify that. Just like all these Klein stories, this did not happen. Yeah, the one thing that did happen is Klein's appearance on Love and Hip Hop, which I do yeah. have pulled up right now. I like that you you clarified that both times. Still fuming, and all the drama that went down in my fashion show. So. I decided to pop up on Pooch at one of her little swanky parties, see what she has to say for herself. And of course, I came in style with my homeboy, international soccer superstar, Nathaniel Kleine. With this type of clientele in the building, Pooch is going to have to hear me out because I know she's more concerned about her public persona than anything else. She's closing us off right now. Take a walk. Hi. Are we obsessed? Do you know who that was that you just moved like that? He literally just spent 30000 in the club like that. So you're, you're bugging. Like, you just spent 30000 with me, boo. Seriously, that was very rude. That's a really big She told Klein, go. That was who yeah. she told. That was who she told. And which, he which spent 30000 in the club did. last night. <laughs> 30000 I don't know. what. That's a couple days' work. <laughs> Oh, but no, we we put hypothetically, if this Trent story is true about him, I mean, maybe it's just late in Russia, the man shooting a shot at (laughs) a pregnant woman who had not just a pregnant woman, but like a heavy pregnancy, like in in the thick of 
in the tube. And then the banana picture. No words. Is it the worst if, shot that we've seen taken from a from an athlete? Because I, I would say that it's not even close. Is it what? If that if he did shoot his shot, right, with this yeah. pregnant woman, I is it the worst that we've seen an athlete take given uh I mean, even just off the top of my head, I'm thinking uh Jimmy Butler on Instagram. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, with uh, Dwayne Wade. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. I no, I think you know, he's playing the long game here. He saw some old pictures on Instagram. He knows what'll happen, you know, if, if things get tight again. And so he's just looking half a year down the line. He's not. He's focused on this season. He's looking at the off season with this shot. I think you need to. I think you've you're going overboard here. I mean, I'm just. I love Trent Alexander Arnold. I'm just trying to back him up. Um, do, do you want him to uh, be the pregnant lady? Do I want him to what? Do you want him to want you to be the pregnant woman in this relationship? I mean, I'm not going to take it that far. He sent you a picture of a cut up banana. Are you going to get a little overly excited? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to take this back to, to Trent on the field. So let's, um, a couple of weeks ago, Christian Erickson had a, had a, a cross for an assist and I kept seeing it get reposted and reposted and reposted. It's like, damn, like look at that ball. And it was a it was a cross from the left hand side, just about at the eighteen yard box. And uh, it was it was right onto the head of I, I can't remember who scored, but maybe it was uh I mean it was probably Kane, uh given given the forehead. Um but <laughs> but they were like, Oh man, what a ball you know, what a cross, amazing, like, what a treasure. I'm thinking back to end of last season against Bournemouth, Trent Alexander-Arnold with a cross from, like, 60 yards deep onto the head of Mo Salah, flicked over the keeper. Unbelievable. Maybe not even able to be duplicated. Um that's the type of delivery that I'm looking for. Not, <laughs> not Trent delivering his, <laughs> delivering the baby of of his uh, of his Snapchat shot. Yeah, well, th- we did as much as I tried to defend his thinking. We did list him as a villain. You listed but, him you know, as a villain, innocent until proven guilty. <laughs> Are you the one defending him now? Are you I wait? One of the facts, <laughs> facts only. <laughs> I, I don't trust screenshots. Oh yeah, no. I need some. I need some metadata on that. Anything can be. You can't believe everything you see these days. Yeah. We need. We need. We need. Babu to swoop in and, and get us the right stats Guess on the uh, stats on, on what went down with with Trent. <laughs> I. Uh... Yeah, I I genuinely uh I don't know. I I really don't think this is the the distraction that that Twitter would would have you believe. 
I think he'll come out on top. No. <laughs> <laughs> bottom. I don't. I don't think he'll be allowed in the delivery room. <laughs> His delivery on the pitch, though, needs a little work. Needs a little work. He's been off all season. But he's got it, though. That's the thing. Oh, he's got it. Oh, he's got. He's got it. I. Uh, I don't think that there's a good way to transition to the end of the show, so I'm just I'm, I'm making it happen. <laughs> no, I uh, like that dude in Forrest Gump that just starts yanking out all the the, the audio cords when he's giving a speech in front of the Washington Monument. Yeah, exactly. That's about all I have to say. It's <laughs> about all I have to say about that. Um, no, obviously this is. So far, been the two red gringos. It's been exactly what you what you've come to expect from us. Um, it's been Pat and Dan Staley, the Staley brothers. You get them together, you know that it's gonna be. You know it's gonna get weird. Too so weird. <laughs> so, so, uh, but this has been the two red gringos. Uh, as always, Phil Bakke, your host, Pat, joined by Dan this time, and. Uh, and I mean, we have got big things on the horizon. Arsenal this weekend. It should be a lot of fun. Hopefully, an entertaining match with a one-sided entertaining match. I'll say, oh, big uh, things popping. Good, good win at the Emirates would do wonders for the league campaign, and we're all hoping for it. Uh, if you guys have enjoyed what you heard tonight, you can check us out to RedGringos.com. We're also on iTunes and Google Play. You can subscribe and get all of the stuff that you could possibly want out of the two red gringos. Um, mm. And uh, if you want to follow Dan on Twitter, if you're already following the gringos, but you're you want to get into into Dan's brain, he's at four four spew. So go ahead Dan, and are check you it. The, the sole owner and operator four four spew. Yeah, I don't think anybody else gets on there. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm up to fifty five followers. Ooh, there we go, uh, Just cracking Brad's, into he's, it. He's trying to get to a hundred. So I'm just trying to get to sixty. Follow, um, follow back squad, and then definitely follow our our Twitter Hall of Famers at Babu Yagu and at Sam McGuire ninety. Um, that is it, right? Sam McGuire ninety. Right? I'm That's not crazy. Confirming. I don't think I'm, I'm crazy. Confirming. I'm confirming right now. But he writes for he writes for a site called. Sam writes for a site called Football Whispers, which is also awesome. Um, really good stat-based articles, so check them out as well. And I it think that's Sam about all the. 90. I, th- I think that's about all the plugs I got for tonight. So, as we say, adios, as we normally do. Enjoy the sweet sounds of Jay Biebs on this DJ Khaled track. <laughs> <laughs> adios. 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 Look like somebody designed you, dropped it gorgeous. You made me wanna live it up. Your presence is critical. Moving my soul, yeah, you're spiritual. Create a way to notice me. Make everybody else invisible. Breaking all the rules. So above the law. I'll be your excuse. You go wrong, no. You stick out of the crowd, baby. It's a no brainer. It ain't the hardest shoes. Him and me be for real, baby. Got to go hard and watch the sun rise. One night it changed your whole life. JD, y'all. Put on my 
Dude, I think that song fucking slaps. I, I'm not even. I'm unapologetic. <laughs> that song slaps. I gotta go back to Twitter villain of the post podcast is Phil Baki for his <laughs> what the fuck what? his take on we need more Bieber collaborations. Thank you. Yo, no, okay. <laughs> Let's, I'm about to, I mean, I'm about to play the next one. <laughs> I'm about to keep going. Yeah. Because, uh, how many other B, are you, were you just saying like specifically Bieber with Chance and DJ Khaled? Yes. Or Bieber, like Chance. Bieber oh, what's up, dude? Oh, it's Perks. Yeah, he's here. Yeah, he's been fucking. Yeah, I'm talking, I'm, I'm talking... When it's Biebs, Chance, and Quavo on a DJ Khaled track, it's they do nothing but crank out hits. Quavo, so did Francis in the Lights, and I got ridiculed for that. I don't know. I'm Francis. <laughs> this song is a killer as well. It's definitely. Oh yeah, that, that's. Back. I was, in, I was in, I was in, I was in Abu Dhabi, smoking hookah, playing this on on a Bluetooth speaker out by the pool at the <laughs> Ritz at the Ritz Carlton. Like lyrics to the song, but you were describing a story that you lived. No, that was yeah, that was real. Yeah, you're describing the life of John Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first time. I wouldn't go up the river if I were you. <laughs> Got any weapons? <laughs> How do I search Twitter? I gotta go actually into Twitter to find the Bieber tweet. The Biebs. 